Hello and welcome to Podcasters on Purpose. This is Debbie Adair, your host, and today I'm so excited to have Ruby Fremont joining us. Ruby's mission is to give the world a voice. As a top breakthrough coach and activation expert for purpose-driven leaders who are ready to bring their big missions into the spotlight, her no-bullshit approach ignites true transformation while flipping fear into actualized ambition and doubt into absolute confidence. Ruby works with leaders from artists to entrepreneurs who are ready to activate their voice, unleash their missions, and gain the conviction to lead their purpose. Having worked with hundreds of clients, she's a catalyst for change and hugely successful at helping her clients embody radical resiliency and an unstoppable mentality. Named an inspirational woman by the Huffington Post and an icon of influence at the 2018 New Media Summit, Ruby was the visionary behind the annual three-day transformative leadership event, Amplified Soul Live. She is the founder of the Thought Leader Collective and host of today's Thought Leader podcast and uses her bold, no-nonsense approach to help leaders rise up, fulfill their missions, and make their voices heard. I just absolutely adore Ruby as a beautiful soul sister, and I'm very grateful to get to share her with you on the show today. So welcome to the show, Ruby. Debbie, I am so excited to be here. It feels like a long time coming. Yes, like a long time coming. <laughs> like maybe a few lifetimes. Yes, yeah. And then some. We got some. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm so grateful to have you here. I just love your energy. I love what you're up to. I love everything about you. And I just, I'm loving this topic today too. So we're going to be talking today about conscious leadership through podcasting. And it's really a time in our world right now where I think a lot of us are feeling the need for each of us to step up and fully step into our soul's voice and that mission of what we're here to share. And I love podcasting as a platform. So this is something that super near and dear to my heart. And I, I know that's super near and dear to yours too. So um, I'm really excited to hear your perspective on this today and also talk about how you've gotten your show into like the top, you know, 30s <laughs> on iTunes. Yeah. That's awesome. So we'll, we'll talk about a lot of different things. But Let's start first, if you would, with diving in and, and hearing about how did you get into podcasting to start? Mm, that's an interesting question because podcasting wasn't something that I actually said, hey, I want to do this. Mm. I was working with a coach who suggested, hey, you know, podcasting would be another great way for you to put your voice out there and your message out there. Because at the time I was only doing video, but I was doing a ton of video, like daily videos. I have a lot to say. <laughs> Yes, you do. I love it. (laughs) And what was crazy is the thought of podcasting scared me more than video. Because with video, I feel like people can get a better sense of of what I'm feeling and experiencing because you're not just listening to my words, but you can see the expression on my face. And podcasting freaked me out because I was like, oh, they're only going to hear my voice and they're only going to hear my tone. Maybe they're going to misunderstand me. Maybe this is going to come across the same way. So I took my coach up on that challenge. That's how I saw it as a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I went full force with it because for me, anything that feels like a challenge, anything that feels like it's pushing me to my edge and bringing up some fears that I have, I'm going to run towards it and make it happen. Because I know on the other end of that fear, there's going to be another level of me that I get to experience. And so really it was someone convincing me, hey, you need a podcast, me taking them up for a challenge, and then just diving right in. Beautiful. It's really interesting you say that because for me, it's the opposite. Like I totally wanted to start my show. And 
video is what I was more intimidated by <laughs> than audio. Yeah. So it's really interesting because I was like, oh, well, now I have to have my hair done, my clothes done, my, you know, all the other considerations that go in with the visual part. But I can totally see that. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Okay. And I've been, I was so used to doing videos. I've been doing videos for four years. I'd had my YouTube channel for so long that I was just used to doing this a certain way. And now podcasting opens up. And as you know, it's a totally different world, mm -hmm. which I was, I had yet to discover, but it's a totally different world. And there's a lot of different tech stuff that goes along with it. And yeah, it just brought up a lot of fears. And I decided, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge my fears. I'm going to do this. I think it's fantastic. I'm so grateful you did because think of all the lives you transformed by having your show, like what would not have happened without it. You mm -hmm. know, the cost of, of not moving through our fears can be really high. So definitely. So let's talk a little bit about this. So conscious leadership, like talk to me about what you're seeing. I know for me, I'm really feeling like there's a shift that's happening in you know, the thought leader model and a lot of leadership out there where there's this like top down approach that I feel like is just kind of being blown apart and that we're being called, you know, through the division in our world and through the need for people to bring their soul gifts into the world in a bigger way, a calling for each of us to express that soul's voice and come together, bringing our unique gifts fully out in expression to serve humanity in a bigger way and lead the world into a different evolution. That's what I'm feeling on the inside. What are, what's your take on what you're seeing happening? Yeah. So for me, you know, I've been working with leaders for a few years now and there's always this, they come to me and there's this sense of, well, I'm doing all the things and I'm saying all the things. And then there's the lack of being, there's mm -hmm. the lack of embodiment. There's the lack of actually being all that you say you are or all that you preach about and bringing that into your essence, into your expression into who you are. And so there's a lack of congruency. And that's what we're seeing in leadership. And quite frankly, like that's what's been modeled mm -hmm. for years, for decades, for centuries, is this lack of congruency, this I'm going to be on a pedestal, and I'm going to tell you what to do. And I'm going to show you what to do. And I'm going to highlight this path. And you guys can walk it to achieve X, Y, and Z. Whereas now things are changing, like people want to be able to see themselves in you. And at the end of the day, every single human being on this planet has the same desire, the same yearning of wanting to be seen. And if your followers or your audience, or your listeners cannot see themselves in you, then that's going to create a disconnect. They could aspire to be like you, but there's still a disconnect. However, when they actually see themselves in you, whether it's a connection that they can create through your story or a connection that they create through your willingness to be transparent and to show up raw and real, that connection is going to create a deeper sense of loyalty. And that's how your movement grows because leaders are here to create movements, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have the ability to create that connection with your audience, then your movement is not going to grow. 
And this is where I say that there's two ways of leading. You can be a conscious leader, you can be an unconscious leader. And of course, the unconscious leader is the one who is leading unconsciously, leading from their patterns, from their fears, from their limiting beliefs, from that place of I'm here to fulfill my ego because this makes me look good and feel good versus conscious leaders who are here to really fulfill their cause versus their ego, who are here to really serve others because they know in serving others. That'll bring them joy, but they're not serving others with the expectation to serve themselves. Conscious leaders don't speak at their audience, they talk with their audience. They don't need a pedestal. They're here to initiate change by first being the change, by first modeling the change, by walking through the fire before others do, by crawling through the mud before they ask their audience to. You know, it's about who you're being in your presence. And that in itself, I call it the beingness, that in itself is enough to draw people into your orbit. It's so beautifully put. I love everything you're saying. I think, you know, that's where the possibility for someone else comes when they can see it for themselves through you too. Like a lot of times when you're embodying that change, like you said. And uh, I think a lot of us forget too that we we really create and communicate way more than we realize without our words. Like our energy is and our beingness is speaking so much more loudly than, than I think we even sometimes give it credit for, you know? Definitely. And people can see right through that. You know, you think that you're only showcasing certain things on social media, but people can feel right through that as well. You know, and yeah. what the incongruency is what people will see first. So in order to show up as a conscious leader, you need to, you know, have integrity and integrity is created through this idea of congruency of being everything that you are talking about, being your message, being the most fully expressed version of yourself and mm. showing that to the world. I love it. And you definitely do that. I've, I've watched you just be fully transparent and authentic and and how you do you, you know, and how you show up and what you share. And I think, you know, can you speak a little bit to the vulnerability? I know, as a leader, you kind of just need to step into that period, right? <laughs> and there's stuff that can come up when you're actually, you know, putting yourself out there, some of the old things that you may be carrying, uh, where you have to do your own self work. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, so first of all, I am really starting to hate the word vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> no, like what's your favorite word? Give me a new one. Just being real. Okay, real. You know? And and All let's right, talk right. about vulnerability first because the okay. actual definition is I'm going to butcher this because I'm not reading off of Webster. It's all good. We but got it's, you. Okay. But it's about like putting yourself in a situation where you can be attacked or oh. you can be harmed. Okay, that's what that's vulnerable meal mm. means, right? And so if you imagine, I like to give this visual. If you imagine a hedgehog on one side, you know, his back is all spiky. That's how he protects himself. But if he flips over, so he's laying on his back and his belly is exposed, that means he's being vulnerable. Mm. So that's what vulnerability means. That's what being vulnerable means. And yes, when we are the essence of who we are, when we are showing up in a raw and real way, if people have you know, talk shit about us. That means that they are actually talking shit about us, not about the mask, not about the facade that we put right. on, not about mm -hmm. the filter, right? Which means that we can feel like we've been harmed. So that's where that really, that whole notion comes from. So for me, you know, when people start to, because we see a rise in, in 
people wanting to be vulnerable right now on social media. We see more people prefacing their posts with, here's a vulnerable share. And I cannot stress this enough. Like, do not start a post with, here's a vulnerable share. Here's me getting vulnerable. No, (laughs) because... What you're doing is you're creating a further disconnect between, you know, being real and being fake. Like it's like we as a society do mostly in the last like 10, 15 years due to social media have gotten used to creating these facades around who we are. I mean, the digital media age, it's it's amazing. We're in charge of our digital footprint. You know, we're in charge Mm -hmm. of, of how we can position ourselves and it sucks because we're in charge of our digital footprint and we're in charge of how we show up. And so it's like this twofold situation where, you know, you get to at this point when you reach that state of awareness of like, oh, hey, like I actually want to start connecting with my audience or I want to, I want to show up in a way where it feels aligned with who I actually am. That's called just being real. That's called just dropping the front, dropping the mask, dropping the need to fulfill your ego and just showing up as you are for what you are. You know, and that also doesn't mean you have to verbally vomit all your shit that you're going through online. No, you get to work through that on your own and you get to share about that. You don't always have to position yourself as an expert or, you know, a master at something or the teacher because even the teacher, the best teachers are the best students. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. I love that. And I think it's, it's so true. A lot of times we, you know, I think when we hide who we are too for a long period of time and we start to come out and be real, there's also an integration point that goes on. There's a point where all of the different parts of who you are. I know, I know for me, I hid my spiritual side for a long time, right? Because I didn't want to be perceived as woo woo, right? Until I came out on iTunes on my show, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Spiritual Entrepreneur. But I can remember kind of shaking in my boots, my whole body just kind of going through the convulsions of sharing something that was terrifying for me, right? And each, and I didn't die and I kept going, but there was definitely an integration then of like, okay, so this is something I've hidden for so long. I don't even have the language for talking about it because I've done it on my own for so long. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that there's that integration point. Can you speak a little bit about like the process of integrating those parts of yourself when you're coming out and you really are choosing to step into your full beingness as a conscious leader? Yeah. For me, the best way I can describe it is it is a process of uncovering who you are. Because for many of us, most of us, the story is, is that we've created these layers upon layers upon layers of programming Mm -hmm. to protect who we are, because at some point in time, we were told who to be and what to do, right? Whether it's through our, those who parented us, through our society, through our cultural upbringing, through our religion, whatever it is, we were told how to be, how to show up, what to do, you know, how to act, how to react. And so all of these things provide these layers and disconnect us from our truth. And so this is really an uncovering process that we get to go through, mm-hmm. right? You know, a lot of my clients will say, but I don't know who I am. I don't know what my truth is. And it's like, that's awesome. Like, that's awesome for you to have the awareness that you don't know what your truth is. And you get to uncover that now. And the best way that, you know, the way that I did it and the way that I have my clients go through it is follow the things that actually make you feel good. Follow the things, you know, there's that saying, like, follow the things that light you up. Follow the things that light you up. Follow the things that leave you feeling excited and grounded in who you are and um, feeling good about yourself. And of course, when you're putting stuff online for the first time, for example, when you came out of the spiritual closet, I'm sure 
the first time you showed up in that way, it was probably scary. Oh, yeah. Right. Push publish and was like, closed my eyes and gritted my teeth. <laughs> like, but sure. at the yeah. same time, wasn't there also this sense of like relief? Like, oh, it's out there. There was relief for me after I didn't get locked up in a rubber room. <laughs> right. Like there was a relief for me when I was like, okay, I didn't die. Like nothing bad really happened. You know, I just put it out and then there was relief. But I think up until that point, there was definitely tension for me. There was a sense of like, yeah, of like, oh, what did I just do? (laughs) Because you're stepping into the unknown and the unknown is always scary. The Mm -hmm. unknown is always going to leave you with that sense of fear. And that's okay. Because Mm -hmm. on the other side of that is going to be that sense of relief, that sense of like even a feeling of freedom. Of feeling like you no longer have to keep yourself prisoner in this facade that you've created. And as you're starting to shed these parts of you that no longer feel aligned or feel good, you know, feeling good and feeling bad is another way of saying feeling aligned and misaligned, right? If it feels good, you're aligned. If it feels bad, you're misaligned. Simple. So letting go of the things that feel misaligned, letting go of the things that don't feel good to uncover what actually feels good. And that was a process for me. And I did a lot of it behind the scenes. And then I would show up and showcase those new parts of myself. And to be honest, being online, doing a ton of video, creating a lot of content, I also had the opportunity to uncover those parts of myself. Mm -hmm. You know, the post that writing a post that left me feeling fired up, I knew that I was in alignment. Writing a post that left me feeling like, meh, I knew that I was coming from a place of ego. Mm -hmm. So it's follow the feeling and and allow yourself to go through this uncovering process because it's not going to happen overnight. It's taken years, maybe decades for you to create all these layers that are protecting you. So it's going to take a little bit of time for you to chip away at that. But once you do, be forewarned, it's addictive because it feels so <laughs> good to shed those layers of yourself and find that freedom within who you are. It's true. And I think your whole way of being when you when you have something that you're afraid of, that you run towards it. I think is a way too of keeping you moving forward in the shedding process, you know, mm-hmm. even if even in those moments when you feel terrified, right? Right. Yeah. And that's something I uncovered about myself. I didn't know that that was who I was. For the majority of my life, I lived scared and I stopped myself when I felt fear. What I uncovered was I'm braver than I think. I have more courage than I give myself credit for. And I'm a lot more resilient than I ever thought, you know? And so mm-hmm. in practicing and in, in putting these things into action, I got to uncover more and more and more of my strengths. I love it. So let's take this conversation into podcasting and talk mm-hmm. about conscious leadership through podcasting. And uh, what's your take on that? Yeah. So enter the podcasting world. <laughs> totally <laughs> different. Uh, it's like a deer in headlights. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, holy shit, what a different world. And it was like, okay, so there are people who are selling their soul to get a lot of, you know, traction on their podcasts, meaning, you know, bringing on guests who don't feel aligned or publishing episodes that they don't really like because they feel like it'll boost their ratings. And here comes me. My number one rule, my number one value is integrity. If I record an episode and I'm not happy with it, or I feel like it doesn't provide any real tangible values, or it doesn't align with what my podcast stands for, like my manifesto for my podcast, then I'm not going to publish it. And Mm -hmm. I started with that. And there were a couple episodes. I remember specifically two episodes in the first year of podcasting where I published the episode 
So I wasn't happy with it and I regretted it immediately. And I thought to myself, why did I do that? You know, part of me to please the other person, to make sure I didn't piss anyone off, burn any bridges and Mm -hmm. they had a following and, you know, maybe they'll bring me people. And I couldn't live with that feeling. I was like, this does not feel aligned with my messaging, with who I am, with what I stand for. I stand for conscious leadership and here I am selling my soul. And so in year two, I was very open in, you know, I have a guest sheet that gets sent. My assistant sends that out to everyone who's a guest and I'm very clear on what I expect on the podcast. And if people don't deliver that, then I'm not going to publish the show. And for me, I think this is really important to share is when I got into podcasting, first of all, someone convinced me to get into it. I went into it, took it up as a challenge. I did not, and I never did take it up as a challenge to get into the charts. I took it up and as yet a you challenge. Did. <laughs> I took it up as a challenge. Like, man, I've got to create a whole new set of content every single week. Mm-hmm which is going to challenge me to grow, right? Because as we're creating content, that means we have to intake more content. And so we're constantly growing. And so I always took it up from the perspective of this is going to help me grow as well as this is going to help my message get out there. But it was mostly to help me grow, to push me. And here I am just shy from year three and you know, I'm 33 podcasts under Gary V in the entrepreneurship category. And it it blows my mind. I didn't even know how I got there, to be honest. Like I didn't expect it. I was very grateful that that happened. And I feel like it's because I haven't put that pressure on myself to chart. And I've been focused solely on, as a podcaster, being everything that I'm sharing with other people, being the epitome of my message. You know, I talk about conscious leadership So that means I need to lead this podcast as a conscious leader, which means I'm not going to sacrifice my values for anything. I'm going to run this podcast my way and ensure that it is aligned with my values and with the people that I serve. I love that. And I think that's such a great point. I know I was in a meetup down in San Diego and we were having a conversation at Pat Flynn runs the meetup. And so I love Pat Flynn, by the way, (laughs) love him. (laughs) <laughs> Do you ever go to that meetup down in San Diego? If not, you should, no, I'll invite you down. I, my husband and I. Oh, yeah. Your husband. And we'll talk after. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to come. I'll invite yeah, you. we will be coming. Okay. <laughs> Very good. He was talking about how, you know, what do you do? The question came up. What do you do when you have an episode that you've recorded where, you know, it's not up to quality for what you'd like to have on your show, you know, and. Pat said, you know, he usually takes it on himself and just says, you know, hey, this wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. You know, it could have been me, you know, my energy or whatever that day. And if he feels like it might be good enough and salvageable, he'll re he'll set up another time to record it. Otherwise, right. yeah, otherwise he'll just like, you know, kind of pull it yeah. and leave it. And it makes a lot of sense because we need to protect our listeners with what giving them what we really what we're standing for for a show. And I love that you're taking that stand in podcasting. Because I do think it's really easy to get a lot of clogged up iTunes episodes and <laughs> so much content of junk, right? Amidst to see it. Yeah. And do you think that is what helped you get your show into that, that rank in the entrepreneurial category? Can you speak a little bit to what you think was involved in that for you? Yeah, that definitely helped me create loyal listeners. So my, mm-hmm. like, for me, 
it's not the number of listeners because your numbers can stay the same, but the actual listeners can fluctuate. Meaning you could have one person who listens to one episode and then they fall off and then another person who replaces that number and then they fall off, right? So it's Mm -hmm. not creating loyalty. What matters is loyalty in podcasting is that you have this loyal, engaged following who is going to download your episodes, who are going to rate and review, who are going to share your shit with everyone else that they know. And I feel like my stand for integrity has created an army of loyal listeners. And then in addition to that, my devotion to consistency. I have been recording nonstop. And at year two, I decided to go to two episodes a week. And I decided to do that because I was listening to my listeners who were telling me that they loved, like they actually loved my solo episodes. Mm-hmm. And I was only releasing a solo episode like every third episode because I have such a big network of amazing guests. So I thought to myself, you know what? I want to keep having these conversations with guests because quite frankly, I enjoy them and I learn from them. And mm-hmm. like, it's great. <laughs> so why don't I just tack on a second weekly episode and they're going to be quickie solo episodes. And so I tacked on this second weekly episode and I've been consistent since like Mondays and Thursdays, a new episode comes out on top of everything else that I'm doing. And it's my devotion to consistency, not just in like getting the episode out there, but making sure that it's quality content that I know is going to land on my listeners. So a few things, one is the, you know, being standing in integrity with my podcast and really embodying the conscious leader who who is really my listeners. Number two is being consistent with what I'm putting out there from the actual episodes to the quality of the episodes to the quality of the guests. And then the third thing is is really providing content that my listeners are going to find of interest or are going to benefit from. I think and I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's really easy to get guests who say they want to be on your show, who apply to be on your show, who have been connected to you to be on your show. And it's like, but their topic that they want to talk about isn't like, you know, it's not really going to be of interest to your audience. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know a lot of podcasters will just take that on because it's a numbers game. Like, oh, this person has 100,000 followers. I'll just take it on anyways for a little boost. I won't. You know, I won't. And if they want to come on, but they want to talk about a topic that's related to my audience, I'll do that. So you really have to keep your listeners in mind and show them the respect that they're showing you by downloading your episodes and listening to what you have to say. (laughs) It's so true. And I think it's really beautiful that you talk about that because I actually had this pointed out to me not too long ago about how there's a big distinct difference between you know, the people that you're meeting that are wanting to be on your show. And it's tough, I think, for me, especially because I part of what I feel like I'm here to do, not only with up-leveling consciousness on the planet, but also I feel like I'm here to, starting with me, just so you know, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. to also help people to express and experience the voice of their soul. And I feel like, you know, that's been a big part of my journey. And so when someone comes to you and they have a message that they're wanting to share that's a part of their soul's voice expression and you have a platform... It's challenging sometimes if that's your mission to say, you know what, I get that. And, you know, this may not be the place. And here's what, you know, here's what I would recommend that you do, like to keep them moving forward, but also honor the people that are listening to you and what you're creating with your show. And I think there's a fine balance in there. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to honor what feels most aligned 
with your values as an individual, as a business, as a leader mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? And with that comes like doing what feels most aligned for your audience as well. If unless you're a leader or a podcast host who doesn't give it who doesn't value your listeners, that, that's a different story. But if you value that, then you're gonna want to create content that really satisfies their needs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any tips around that in terms of like getting feedback from your yes. uh, your listeners? Yeah. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say around how to find that content. Yeah. So really simple. Ask. <laughs> ask for the feedback. And you can do that on your actual podcast episodes. You can say like, if you have a topic that you want me to talk about, or if you have any questions that you want me to answer, like get at me and tell them where to get at you, whether it's through your website, email, or your social media, because I have a really active social media following. I will often at least once a month, um, post in my Instagram stories, hey, like recording a bunch of new podcast episodes, what topics do you want me to speak on? And I always get so many topic requests that way. I'm not going to act on all of those because some of them just aren't aligned with my area of expertise. Or do I feel like they're really aligned with what the podcast is about? But I will definitely act on a lot of them. And you know, it's awesome because now I've got a whole bunch of new ideas for, for my solo episodes, as well as ideas for what kind of guests my listeners really want me to bring on to the show. So yeah, just ask, ask your audience. You know, what's really cool about that is and being able to acknowledge, Hey, let's say your name was Hannah that said to talk yes. on, you know, I don't know how conscious leadership versus unconscious leadership. Let's say that, let's yeah. say that she said that you could then say, and this topic today was inspired by Hannah right? Yeah, or something. Definitely. So you can actually bring them in too. I love that idea. Yeah. And I've done that. And I've done like Q&A style where like ask your questions for an opportunity to have it answered on my podcast. And then I'll give them a shout out on the actual podcast with their Instagram handle or wherever I connected with them, which is also kind of a boost because now they get people who know about their Instagram will follow them, etc. Hmm, I love it. That's fantastic. Because it's really supporting your people, right? Yes, exactly. Let me ask you this too. You're doing two a week. And I know a lot of people find one a week a lot. (laughs) Do you have any kind of particular practice that you're doing to help you to add that into everything else you do? Because I know you have a very full life in business as well. Yeah. So I have one recording day a week. So every Wednesday is podcast day. And I'll record upwards of like four to five episodes on Wednesdays. Sometimes it's just one or two. It depends on my schedule. And that includes guests and solo. So as long as, again, consistency is key. Mm -hmm. Having a day of your week, which you block off of all your other scheduling, like for anyone trying to schedule any other sort of call, like they're not going to see Wednesdays on my calendar. Only people trying to schedule the podcast recording will see Wednesdays open on my calendar. And that's what I reserve Wednesdays for, which also helps me cultivate the habit of recording on a regular basis, right? Like for example, tomorrow's Wednesday and I don't have any guests booked in and yet I'm still going to record because it's Wednesday. It's my recording day. I'm going to record a bunch of solo episodes and it's that consistency. Yeah, absolutely. I I know for most of the recording time for me, it was Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And now what I've been trying, which is interesting, is actually blocking the week and mm-hmm. just doing a week of recording. And um, 
we'll see how it goes. This is day one yeah. <laughs> of the week that we're doing. But I think it's so great because you can block it and, you know, then kind of plan out in advance what's Definitely. coming versus kind of being on the hamster wheel of trying to get them out all the time, right? And then not being able to kind of pre-plan what's coming next and see ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Which I love. Smart. Yes. So would you say the things that have really been is there anything with social media that you would recommend with podcasting? Cause I know you do have an active, mm-hmm. like bringing that using conscious leadership through podcasting, maybe and integrating that into the social media space. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, again, your, your community, whether it's your podcast listeners or your social media community, like they just want to connect. They want to feel like they can connect with you. And so the best gift that you can give them is to actually connect with you and make it really easy for them to do so. So for me, I always, in every single episode, make sure they know where to find me on social media. And I make it really, really simple because I am at I am Ruby on all social media networks. So for mm-hmm. me, I can just say, hey, follow me at I am Ruby everywhere. So you want to make it really easy for people to connect with you. And then you want to tell them the best ways to connect with you. So for me, I always say, hey, if you want to send me a DM, reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm fastest at responding there. So it's all about encouraging them to connect with you, making it easy for them to do so. And then when they connect with you, make sure that you are connecting with them. So don't ignore what they're saying, but actually reply back. And anytime like people share my podcast episodes and for example, IG stories, I'll make sure I acknowledge them for doing so. Like, thank you so much for sharing this. This means a lot to me. What was your biggest insight from this episode? And I'll give them a shout out. They want to feel seen by you and they want to feel like they can connect with you. And cultivating that community around your podcast is an active thing. That means you have to go out there and cultivate the community because you can have, again, you can have a ton of listeners, but what matters is the loyalty because the loyalty is going to create that movement and the people who are going to end up being like your biggest cheerleaders and biggest supporters. So make sure that you're doing the work to connect with your audience and making it really easy for them to connect with you by telling them where to find you, how to find you, how to reach out to you, and even doing things like, hey, I'd love to hear your biggest insight from this episode. Reach out, and let me know, or like, hey, I'd love to hear your answer on this question. Reach out to me on Instagram DMs and let me know. So do you just want to simplify it for them. Do you have any tips too on how to manage that? Because I know for me, I have so many places where there's things happening. <laughs> I just yeah. actually collapsed all of my groups into, you know, just a couple so that I've got less that I'm managing. I think less is more when it comes to social media and mm-hmm. And business in general, like the more you can streamline and focus your energy, you know, laser focused in one area, I think we have a lot more traction. So I'm wondering for all of the DMs and things like that, how do you handle that in your normal schedule? Well, I mean, I tell everyone to reach out to me on Instagram. Okay. They reach out to me. I've even said on a couple episodes, if you reach out to me on Facebook Messenger, I'll get back to you, but it might not be right away. (laughs) Next year. No. (laughs) No, I just don't keep that tab open. Yeah. But Instagram, like I'll go through my DMs. And so again, like making it really easy for them. Don't just say reach out to me on social media. Let them know where to reach Mm. out to you and pick the network that is easiest for you to manage. And then make sure that you schedule time Usually the day your episode's going to go out is, you know, that day and the next day is probably when you're going to receive an influx of messages. So make sure that you carve time out to 
tend to those DMs on those days, but don't just make it a free for all, like reach out to me on all platforms. Like, no, that's going to create more work for yourself. And if you are someone who has a Facebook group, then just tell them to reach out to you in the Facebook group. And if they're not in the Facebook group, great. That's reason to join. Mm -hmm. I love it. So when it comes to conscious leadership through podcasting, what would be like if someone is really wanting to start their movement, they're feeling called, they have, you know, the, the pull from their soul inside and they're wanting to use a podcast platform to create that. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? Yeah. Get clear on what you want this podcast to stand for, which hint, hint is going to be a hundred percent aligned with your mission and your cause. Okay. Mm. So the podcast has to be aligned with your mission and your cause. It can't be this totally other different thing. And then second, don't settle for anything that is not aligned with your mission, your cause. I call it the podcast manifesto with what the podcast stands for. Don't settle for any of that. And then number three, be consistent. Even if you don't see yourself charting or you don't see enough downloads or you don't see enough reviews, keep going, right? Keep going. Even one listener is one person. That's mm -hmm. one person who is digesting your information and your message. And so this isn't a game of numbers. This is a game of consistency because it's the consistency that's going to get you the numbers. And consistency is how you show up as a conscious leader. You know, the unconscious leader is going to get deflated when you don't hit the numbers that you want to hit, but the conscious leader is in it for the cause. So you're going to keep pushing this out there no matter what, because you believe so much in your mission and in your message. Amen, sister. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally agree with that. So, and if you could leave the podcaster with one piece of advice on their journey of podcasting, what would it be? Be a hundred percent clear on what your podcast stands for before you start to put your podcast out there, before you start to work on your podcast. Be a hundred percent clear on what it stands for, because that is going to help you stay congruent, which is going to help you be of integrity as a conscious leader in podcasting. Beautiful. I love it. And if the podcasts are listening in mm -hmm. or conscious leader, maybe both <laughs> listening in is interested in connecting with you, is interested in maybe working with you and listening to your show. Can you talk a little bit about where they would connect with you for that? Yeah, definitely. So you can head to my website, rubyframon.com. You can head to my social media networks at I am Ruby. And again, I frequent Instagram and Twitter. That is where I'm going to get back to you the fastest. <laughs> and, you know, drop me a line and let me know that you listened to this episode. And if you feel aligned with my message, with my vibe, and you're really here to stand out as a conscious leader, and you don't believe in sacrificing integrity for the numbers or for popularity, then I invite you to apply to be part of my Thought Leader Collective. And the Thought Leader Collective is for conscious leaders who really value connection over division and collaboration over competition. So for more info on that, head to rubyframon.com forward slash TLC. Beautiful. I love TLC. You got a little TLC for the conscious leaders out there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of TLC. <laughs> Ruby, you are so delightful. Every time I connect with you, I just feel like an upliftment in my soul. You're just, just a release too. There's something about you that is so, oh, it's very freeing. I wonder if that's why Fremont is. <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah. 
for a woman <laughs> uh, that you bring. And I just, I just adore you. So thank you so much for being on the show today and talking about what I consider to be one of the most important topics going on right now in our, in our globe and, you know, conscious leadership in particular. So thanks for sharing all of your wisdom around that and your wisdom around podcasting. I, I appreciate you. Mm, thank you so much for having me and for hosting such an incredible podcast. It is so much fun talking to you. Where does time go? I appreciate you. I am grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you, Ruby. And we appreciate you listening in with us today. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspires you to really consciously lead with your own podcast at whatever is an integrity with you. And just so grateful to have you here with us. So if you are new or returning to the show and you're not yet subscribed, please go ahead and subscribe to receive the latest episodes as they're released. And we do have a new Facebook community over in Facebook. It's called facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pod tribe. And that's where you can go to connect on all these wonderful episodes that we have here as well as in the Spiritual Entrepreneur Podcast. So uh, look forward to seeing you next time on Podcasters on Purpose. there. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast, but not been sure what type of equipment to use? Well, I got you covered. If you'd like to get a free podcast studio equipment recommendations guide, you can go to podcastingonpurpose.com. Thanks so much for joining in the conversation today. We will see you next time on Podcast on Purpose.